Welcome to the Iowa Agronomy Update, where we talk all things agronomics. I'm your host, Brent Schwinnaker, and this podcast is brought to you by Asgro DeKalb Brand Seeds. Okay, everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Iowa Agronomy Update, and welcome to a kind of a mini series here that we're going to start uh, with our technical agronomists around the state. Uh, what we're going to do here for the next four weeks or so is we're going to we're going to travel around and, and hit the each quadrant of the state and, and try and get a, a, a harvest update and product performance and just some overall general opinions on on what uh, how things are going, uh, what uh, how things are looking uh, what performance looks like and and just kind of pick our brains of our, our agronomists that are uh, on the ground there in territory. Uh, week one, we're going to start with um, our southeast quadrant of the state, and that's going to lead us into uh, Scott Johnson and George Cattermas. Good morning, guys. How are you? Morning, Brett. Good. Hey, so we... Um, We'll go ahead and get started. I'll uh, I'll let uh, let you guys kind of just give us an overview of of where where harvest is sitting in in your part of the state. Uh, just general, um, you know, are beans done? Are we are we half done with corn? Kind of just give us a general idea before we get started on products. George, we'll go with you. I guess over my way, I'd say that we're probably just around half or a little more than half of the soybeans harvested right now we're running behind but everybody's going hard on beans uh corn we're maybe about a third done uh but like i said most everybody's on beans right now and a few guys are finally getting to a point where they're getting them finished up yeah i i would say uh you know george kind of kind of explain where george and i land you know george would be the the far southeast corner of of southeast Iowa, and i'd be more towards the center part of the state but but as far as percentage harvested yeah i i, I would agree with george we're, we're somewhere around there and obviously it's going to vary a little bit from north to south as far as uh you know where, where that percentage lands but we're a long ways from where we were a week ago yeah it's it's been a it's been a good stretch here finally what we what we definitely needed. So it sounds like everybody's uh, going hard on beans, trying to get caught up there. I know it's always a good, a good feeling once you get those beans harvested and, and can get those done overall with uh, bean harvest. I'm sure you guys probably saw a little uh, bean harvest get started before the, uh, the, the week of rain and, and probably a bunch afterwards. What's your thoughts on, on, did we take the top end out of the yield to here after the rain or what, uh, what is performance looking like before and after any thoughts there? Well, I guess I've been impressed with what I've seen coming in from, uh, from most of our, our plots that have been harvested this week. We're getting some very good yields. Uh, I was worried after that rainy period that we would have a lot of uh, pods that had broken open when the beans swelled and a lot of shattering, but, uh, not getting a lot of calls on that. I think there is some going on, but overall, I think guys are fairly happy over my way with bean yields. Uh, we did have a lot of Olivo that went on, and I think that did help this year too. Yeah, I, I guess you know, kind of like you mentioned, Brad. You know, there's basically uh, 
2018 harvest and 2018 harvest part two yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah 2.0 right or version 2.0 right yeah version it, b <laughs> and just talking with growers you know it, it it seems there's still i'm with george there's still lots of great yield out there on the bean side of thing it does appear that we may have talked taken off some of the top end um you know just comparing where on some of the fields where guys started you know and got rained out and went back in we're, we're seeing that but still respectable yields um and you know you know talking about the you know you know pods opening up and shatter whatnot it that varies from area to area and, and actually we, we've seen a little bit of that even very uh you know within the 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 uh, uh maturity of the beans themselves that seems uh sure. you know, the, the further along the beans were you know the more maturely were when that rain hit uh those seem to be the beans that were most most suspect when it comes to, to some some harvest lost. Yeah, we we've seen some nightmarish pictures on on soybean quality floating around. At least we have here in the central part of the state. Where where are you guys at on on bean quality on damage and mold and and sprouting in the pods? We we've seen a lot of a lot of noise around that. What uh. Any any hot spots or any or just kind of just first time out there after the rain and we've kind of settled back to normal here. I, well, I guess the, as is uh, as far as quality, yes. I mean, we're obviously like you said, those you know bad news travels fast, and that's usually what people you know the, the pictures that get around the the most. So um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's damage out here. Um, is it as bad as, as the pictures may indicate? I think it's probably not quite as extreme as in general. Yeah, there's fields that are, are, are pretty pretty ugly, but uh, in general, yeah, there's quality issues. I'm not quite sure if it's as bad as some of the, the social media and some of the, you know, the text you might get indicate. I would say that it's probably more widespread that there's some damage. I think most growers that are hauling to an elevator are getting a, a little bit on there as far as uh, damage and foreign material in there, but not high levels. I think they've got more than normal, but not extremely high where they're, uh, where they're complaining a lot to us about it. Yeah. We, we seem to have settled into that, that 5% range around, around here anyway. And I think we're, I think, I don't know. I think I counted up here in the central part of the state that we had, what, 28 days of rain and 20-some inches of rain between the 1st of May and July 4th around here. So, it, I mean, it certainly set in and, and got us um, into some shorter, definitely some shorter stands and, and shorter plants and, and, just, and then just the overall rain that got us there a couple weeks ago, certainly. I know we, those pictures were getting pretty ugly around i was here in 10 10 to 20 to even 30 percent damage but uh, those those went away pretty fast and it feels like we're back to normal so so let's let's stay on bean harvest here i know you guys have probably seen some corn corn plots out down that way but uh let's let's stay on bean bean harvest and and let's just let's just dive into products here and and just give us give us your overall thoughts on what's what's kind of sticking out in your territories and, and, uh, some general surprises or, uh, just overall good performances. Well, I guess, uh, over my way, I would say I was, I, I was happy to see how some of our big players have gone. 
uh, 26X8, 32X8, and 36X6 SASGRO, um, all have been performing very well. And I guess I was glad to see that because those were large volume products. Now we're kind of waiting to look at the data from the new products and see how they'll fit in for next year. Yeah, I would, I would agree on the charge on the full season. Those are those have been our high flyers, and and uh, uh, will continue to be. So they, you know, they're <laughs> we've some of the products that we've got, like the you know thirty six x sixes. We've got a couple years of experience with them. We, we know they're performers, and we can throw a year like this year on top of them. Some, you know, some adversity to them. We know we know they're consistent. Um, you know, we get to start moving to the earlier side, the you know the two o to three o market. Uh, we're still seeing a somewhat, somewhat of a general trend, same kind of trend we've seen the last uh, several years where the earlier beans seem to be uh, maybe uh, performing a little stronger than the full season. But still, uh, some of the fuller season products like uh, like uh, 29X9, uh, 20X9 are still, you know, doing very well uh, as we get into the in the fuller 2OR, you know, 2O to 3ORM. Yeah, so give us a give us an idea here. Are you um, are you basing your assumptions off of uh, maybe half of the data in or three fourths of the data? Where where's your I don't know your comfortability or confidence level with this amount of data in yet? And yeah. and then yeah, you know, I, I just give us an idea here. I guess I would say in my area that uh, we're maybe about a third of the bean plots have been harvested and data entered. We've got okay. a lot coming in every day right now. Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's kind of interesting you mentioned that, Brent. I just uh, actually I was running some data here on off our system here uh, just before our, we got together and which uh, the reason I mentioned that is also shows us where that data comes from and, and I'm, I'm with George. I think we may be a third harvested and just kind of looking at the map uh, compared to in Southeast Iowa versus George areas versus mine. I probably got more two to three O off, off my way. It looks like George is probably uh, pretty well spread out. So there's a, there's plenty more data to come in. We can start to see a few trends, but to your point, uh, until we uh, start getting uh, more data in, you know, the more data we get in, the more confidence we get in the, as far as what performance uh, actually is. Yeah. That that's a good a good point or a good a good asterisk here to to think about is it's certainly a probably a start a start of a trend but it's certainly not not the complete set and and it, would, it wouldn't be a a legal disclaimer here if we if we didn't say the individual results may vary here this isn't the end all be all of of podcasts that this is these are guaranteed uh, winners on every field, but but certainly uh, probably a good start. I mean, you, you mentioned a couple of the big players. Uh, obviously, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a podcast in Southeast Iowa if we didn't mention thirty six x six. I mean, those those things have been solid here for for quite a while. Yep, absolutely. They're uh, uh, continuing to be. Uh, you know, you're going on the earlier side. Really, like I said, on the two O side that. Still, the tried and true for us are our 20x7s, uh, which have been dominant here last last several years. They're showing that dominance again on the in that early market. Um, there's a there's a a couple a, a new bean besides that one 20x9 that's coming in behind it that's uh, 
doing, uh, you know, is very competitive against the 20X7s. It's, uh, you know, bringing, you know, a bit better standability, a little bit better white mold tolerance and, and similar sudden death tolerance. So we're, we're kind of excited to see where that shakes out. But right now it's looking like a nice one-two punch and that, that, you know, that early, early side for us. Uh, you moved to a little fuller season, mid-season. The 24X7s continue to do very well. Uh, and, uh, are, you know, showing some positive performance there in that mid-season. Uh, we got some uh, a new being a 25x9 that's coming behind there that's offering some uh, addition, additional uh, defensive traits, uh, which again makes a very nice pack there. Yeah, and and probably one thing to to note here for anybody that may be not familiar with the the nomenclature of, of the soybean varieties, the X we kept mentioning X6s and X7s and X9s and and basically the last digit in that in that uh, variety name will be the basically the year that it's released to the grower right so you're you're testing x9s and in, in plots here in 18 but first available to growers in, in 19 is uh, is that safe to say yeah that's that is correct yep okay we had a and there was a fairly large class this year in the group twos of x9s where we've got uh, some that are looking very good out there but i'd like to see a lot more of the data come in and actually talk to some of the seed growers that grew some fields of the seed as well. Yeah, that that's a good point there, George, with, with, uh, with a large new class of, of products here going into 19, we, we, um, it's tough to venture out on that limb, I guess, until we, until we get a better set of data in and, and we don't have, we don't have years of experience on those. So we're going to, going to rely on on those consistent ones and then as data piles in we'll we'll uh we'll piece those in as we can so there's another thing here scott you kind of mentioned here uh you know we threw some ad- adversity at some of these uh mainstay products this year and, and they're holding up through that you know what how how do you guys you know how do you manage your your data sets and things through these types of years where there is high adversity and how do you you know how do you weight you know all these plots and and differences amongst them when you know that each different plot went through something completely different so what how, how do you weigh those differences out well for myself the you know george maybe you got a different opinion the one thing that's that's that we do like is to see that adversity you know, it just just even, you know, you look across the state and we've got, you know, the extreme wet weather of northern Iowa and we've got the severe drought of southeast Iowa. But even with our own regions, even within southeast Iowa, there's there's for myself, there's three distinct growing regions. Um, you know, we got the, the dry drought. We've got the high yield. So, uh, you know, obviously on, on beans, you're going to be a little more limited on geography just because of RM. Uh, and we'll talk about corn in a minute, but the nice part on the corn side is, is that a lot of the, the corn varieties we sell are, we'll see across all those different environments. Uh, so as we look at yield data, it actually is kind of nice. We'll see some trends in local areas, but that helps us kind of identify what that product's doing and, and maybe be able to explain why it's doing it. It actually builds our confidence level. Um, and the I like to just... Go ahead, George. I guess I like to see consistency. If I've got a plot that a bean stands out that's a very high yield plot up there in the 80s, and then you've got another plot that comes in that's in the 50s, and the same ones are shifting, or the same ones are sorting into the top 
third of the plot, that tells me that that's a fairly consistent yeah. soybean. And we have a lot of dealers that are selling true bulk, and they're looking for something that is consistent that they can sell to a lot of customers. Yep. And that's kind of going to my point, uh, George, is that when we have that different environments and those same products keep coming to the top, regardless of what the environment is, that's that's what you want in Iowa because next year we all know it is going to be completely different. So we can identify those products that are consistent like that. Those are the ones we want. Yeah, those are, you know, consistency seems to be the, the theme here on, on this. Uh, so let's, let's transition to corn. Uh, so probably most of this data is probably what I'm guessing coming before the, before the rain, maybe a touch afterwards. What, uh, what, the you know, where are you guys standing on corn harvest and on how that sits? Well, corn harvest, I would say that we're, uh, we're not over a, we're not over a third overall. I wouldn't think, um, we had, uh, a lot of plots that came out early, but uh, I feel a lot more confident in what I see as far as the amount of corn data that we've got 110 and later on RM. Uh, we've got guys that are getting uh, getting going in the in the mid maturities in the 105 to 110, but just don't have the amount of data in today. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, data that's 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 coming in now and in this coming last few days. So we're uh, we're seeing some trend lines there. And and again, what I like to see is is this products that we've got a history with are still dominant, you know, like a DKC sixty eighty eight, DKC sixty two twenty. Um, whether it's in you know our northern edge or you know as we go towards the, the southern edge uh, towards Missouri, they're still doing very well. Uh, it's, it's, it's good to see that. The, the one thing that we are seeing this year is uh, we were a relatively dry area when you got to extreme southeast Iowa. We had a fair amount of cannibalization late in the season. Uh, the corn was set up for good yields, and we were just running out of water. And uh, unfortunately, we had some of our products that we normally look at as being pretty unstandability that cannibalized and uh they've got good yield out there and uh but we are seeing a little bit of harvest loss because of the cannibalization and then the wind that we had last weekend uh we do have some corn that has been been lodged because of it George Scott Scott mentioned a couple uh, couple genetic families there that were they're off to a good start. What uh, what are you seeing down in, in your part of the world as far as uh, products that are that are off to a good start? So uh, yes, I would agree with Scott on the sixty two twenty. It's been very good when it's on uh, on good ground. It's uh, giving some very good top end yield. I don't really recommend that one on on marginal ground. Um, one called 6357 that is very good, uh, that's showing some very good uh, yields on it right now. What a, And is that going to, how is that going to compare to the, the 64, 34, 30, 35 family, Georgia? I know that's been a big player for, 
the southern part of the state for for a couple of years now. Well, I think the the DKC sixty three fifty seven is a double pro that's going to fit very well in a package with sixty two twenty and sixty four thirty five. The three of them are are very different. I think the uh, the sixty three fifty seven may handle a little bit of the wetter ground a little better than both uh, sixty two twenty and sixty four thirty five, and just they definitely would give diversity with those three. Our big player is still going to be sixty four thirty five. It's sure. uh, it's not having the banner year that it did a year ago, but it's still doing very well. And we've got a different set of growing conditions, so that'll still be a big player. Yeah, certainly, certainly another point there is you know certainly it didn't fall out of bed, but and certainly held on to this top end here through some adversity. So some more of that, some more of that consistency that you guys talked about earlier. What um. Let's talk, you know, we, we kicked off this podcast series, you know, months ago, and our very first one was about high yield corn management and what, um, you know, what factors are, have you guys seen that are, that are paying off this year? Was it uh side dress nitrogen, uh, fungicide, you know, what, um, what have been some bigger players and, and seeing some, some good results here this year for your part of the world? I might throw out a couple of things, then throw it to Scott. But uh, I really think that trying to get planting early, if you've got good soil conditions, you want to make sure the conditions are good. But early planting, uh, split applications of nitrogen and uh, fungicide applications are three of the big things that I can think of. Scott, what are you, what would you want to add? No, it's exactly. I mean, that's, if you, that's, that's been the recipes for success for this year. And in, in, in the, you know, we've got, (laughs) in most years, that's going to be really, really what uh, sets, sets the, uh, you know, the levels apart from the, you know, the guys that are are going the extra level and and putting extra inputs into the crop this year, uh, as you know, George mentioned, you know, depending on where you're at, you know, we had some cannibalization in the extreme dryer just because we didn't have enough water to the nitrogen might have been there. But we didn't have enough water to move the nitrogen into the plant or you know fertility into the plant. So we had some cannibalization there. And you get you know further north and we get into you know extreme yield, high yield, and uh, we basically uh, took everything that we could. Uh, you know, the plant did everything it did to fill that ear, including uh, cannibalizing itself. So we got two different reasons, in, in, at least in the area I cover, why we're why we're seeing you know different you know, varying levels of cannibalization. So, uh, but regardless, it, it kind of goes back to what George mentioned about nitrogen is, you know, the, if you can spread that, that nitrogen load out across the season, you know, you know most years you're going to have a good chance of, of uh, you know, really feeding that, that plant late season as long as you have the, the water there to do it with. Yeah. But fungicide, uh, you know, it was a bad gray leaf year and we knew that, you know, going into, into the grain fill, you know, uh, time of year so obviously fungicide really paid off this year uh in you know in yield in general but even in tapness you know as we start to stress that plant and tapness uh, plant health tends to go away a little bit quicker uh fungicide gave us a, another another week or two of grain fill to to really you know pack on some extra dry matter into the onto that ear um so uh, those to me would be the two big things that going forward is you know we keep talking about and every year it seems like uh 
you know, the, yeah. those are the things that really pay off most years. Okay. Yeah, and that that was probably a good lead-in. So it's kind of a going to give a shameless plug here. But we've uh, um, uh, the learning center and and our four counterparts here around the state. Uh, we did a regional protocol on on fungicide by harvest timing and uh, and a lot of intactness scores that, that go into that. And uh, you know, stay tuned on there. But initial initial results on that on that protocol look. Uh, look really good. Uh, intactness certainly, you know that. I mean, this corn plant thinks it's the end of November, not not the end of October. So intactness is certainly a big uh, a big piece of that. But we'll also, you know, see how that how that equaled the yield. You know, basically before the rain and after the rain and wind and a couple of those windy days. So um, anxious to get that analyzed across the state and, and see how that played out. But. Um, is it safe to say, do you guys have a, a gut feeling yet on, on, um, you know, most of our plots are on, on good, good high yield environment ground. You, you guys have a good feel yet for, for tough acre versus high yield environment, any, any stability there or products that you'd go to that tough acre or, or still waiting to see some of that stuff come in yet? For my part, you know, you would, a lot, lot of what helps us understand a little bit more about that, you know, obviously, north to south geography in general helps us kind of sort some of that stuff out but you know we rely on a lot, a lot of our what we call you know ftn plots which are designed to show some of that diversity you know they're, they're bigger plots over you know longer distances hoping to hit some some uh, different yield environments across that field for myself a lot of those those plots are being harvested or, or if they're harvested we're still analyzing the data on that so we'll, we'll know more of that as we go forward um just on the geography side, though, you know, for myself, you know, we get the extreme dry weather in southeast Iowa. There's, there's a few products that are coming to the top down there versus versus north. And, and uh, well, one of those is actually a new product. It's called 6425, DKC 6425. And that one is geared specifically for a tougher acre. And you talk about, you know, perfect timing. You know, it's uh, <laughs> where we designed that product to land was on that, you know, that south central, the soles there uh, south of Des Moines there and some of the tight clays and uh, throw some drought on that. And that's, that's a pretty tough environment. That, yeah. that product is doing very well. Uh, that's really where that product's home. We don't like to it really, you know, we bring it north. It's not, that's not where it fits. You know, then other products like 64, 35, 68, 6220 uh, will be dominant. But in that area for a new product, that's been doing very well uh, for, a, for a tough acre product. I guess I look at it that, uh, you know, we've, we've had uh, an old standby that's been around for a long time, 6298, that's still handling those tough acres well. We don't put it in, uh, in plots anymore. But uh, I have been impressed with uh, 6252 and 53 with the way they've handled some of the heat and drought conditions down in southern Iowa. Um, that one has really shown that it's got some good potential for some of those tougher acres. And that makes a good pair with 6220 because I would not put 6220 on real tough acres. Um, and then when you get to the, the very late season corn for Southern Iowa, 66, 74, 75 has done pretty well in some of those tougher acres too. Yeah. 
I gotta I gotta mention one part just because uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. It's an oldie bit of goodie, but uh, sixty sixty nine and sixty sixty seven. You know, depending which creek package you look at, those those product that product came out in a drought year, so we we knew you know, off the bat that thing had some pretty good uh, stress tolerance and and uh, had ability to handle some adversity. But that product has done extremely well this year again. Uh, mm. that's part of the reason I like it is we flooded that out. We've just, you know, diseased it out. We've drought it out. And that thing still comes back every year. You know, it's just a consistent product. Um, it's a fun one to watch people in the summer under underestimate because it's not, a, it's not pretty in the summer. You know, it's not real showy. It's not something you, that hangs a big club on it. So it kind of gets dismissed in the summer. The combine hits it and it's, it's a fun product. Yeah. It always comes through yield-wise. Just have to remember, it's 110, but it dries down real fast. And don't leave it out there till late in harvest. It, uh, if it had a weakness, it'd be late season stocks. Yeah, you guys are you guys are bringing some oldies and goodies out of the woodwork here. <laughs> You're talking 60, 67, 69, 62, 98. Uh, what else you guys got in the cupboard down there, huh? Hey, you know what works, man. Sometimes yeah. you got to look great. It's kind of like you and I, Brent. You got to look great hair on your head, but nah, we still work pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We do put a lot of, you know, the 60, 87, 88 on the better ground, 62, 20. I plugged the 63, 57 as one of the new ones, but it's kind of like Scott was saying. Part of it that you're looking at with Tough Acre is FTN plot data. And some of the brand new products for this year, we just didn't have a lot of seed to have in a lot of those plots to get it across soil types. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, I, I certainly appreciate you guys going first here in, in rotation as we're, we're still gathering uh, gathering a lot of data right now and, and hit, really hitting it hard. And I know you guys are, are busy uh, crunching that and, and trying to get a gut feel here so we can and get our post-harvest uh, messaging uh, aligned and, and, and set to go here for, for uh, basically your Thanksgiving timeframe. So appreciate it, you guys. And, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. We may circle back around and, and uh, revisit some of this after you guys have, uh, you know, a, a kind of a post-harvest message set and, and we'll see how uh, that message sets up compared to our early, early uh, harvest results and, and go from there. So thanks a lot guys. And, and thanks a lot for listening and, and hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll, uh, we'll venture over to the Southeast part of or Southwest part of the state uh, next week with uh, John Swalwell and, and Sue Burkane. And uh, we'll uh, get their thoughts on, on some of their harvest results. And, and we should have another week of data uh, in behind that. And uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Thanks Scott and George, and, and we'll hear from you again. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Brent. We'll see you.